0: In this episode of the Full Nerd, Intel's Comet Lake S and AMD is your hero again. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 140. I'm your host Gord Maung with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elaine Yi is here, of course. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the horizontal and vertical.
1: Uh, I am actually really excited to render out this video after we're done, just to see how how quick the the new Premiere Pro update is with uh, with NV Ink support for H.264. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just it, here. Does just it only me.
0: support H.264? We don't do H.U.V.C.? Uh, well, it does HGVC,
1: too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the past the CUDA uh, supported ProRes and things like that. So, this is just uh, you know a, a big gain for HD64, which is obviously a industry standard, but that's not a topic we're talking about here today. We're we're here to talk about CPUs, yep. Gordon.
0: You you could use a CPU to render it out if you wanted to. Which
1: actually Puget um... Systems did. We we can we can get into their results a little bit later, but I want to hear about your results, Gordon.
0: Yeah, so we are going to kick this off with the, uh well, heavily leaked uh, 10th Gen Comet Lake S. Uh, the craziest thing, of course, if you didn't see it, was the person wearing a mask, a dog mask, leaking everything a couple <laughs> days ago. I That really blew me away. Still, I do think it's worth talking about. We are going to kick this off with Benchmark. you want to... We're gonna kick this off. With benchmark charts. We'll just go right into hey, uh, it. We're I, gonna
1: blip through this. Just so you know, I, I put them up in uh, with with the numbers and the letters. So you just tell me what number or <laughs> and or letter, or or even the, the the pictures that you gave me too. So,
2: and we talk about uh, the tenth gen ten nine hundred K for people who weren't aware of what commonly Guess means.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's it's tenth gen. It is still a fourteen nanometer <laughs> processor. It's the fifth ten core, tenth, fifth. It's the fifth, <laughs> tenth core CPU. Intel is built on a 14 nanometer process. It's, it's much improved over the original, but um, we'll get into that later. Let's just kick this off with the first one. We're going to go with uh, just uh, Cinebench uh, slide one, Adam. We'll go with slide one. We we kick this off with uh, Cinebench R20 multi-core support of course this is Maxon uh, Cinebench it's built on a rendering engine from Cinema 4D it's actually integrated into uh, After Effects, some other Adobe products and it is a 3D modeling program it's uh, updated to support uh, uh, AVX2, AVX512 all kinds of stuff advanced, it's very hard, runs three times longer than the Cinebench R15 which you typically see and the performance, it's, we're going to cut a lot of the sort of multi core performance here, but this is a feel for it. You have that, um, Ryzen 9 3900X, 71, 61, 12 cores, 24 threads. Right after that is the Core i9 10900K, 10, 10 cores, 20 threads, 6200. It is what it is. I think it's basically what I've been saying. And, the performance, if AMD made a 10-core CPU, it probably would be right there with that uh, comment, like, S, yes. And um, <clears throat> that's pretty much the multi-core performance. 12, by the way, is greater than 10. That's a simple math and, answer there. And 10
2: is greater than 8 because this is the first Intel mainstream chip to have 10-core processors. That's not a high-end desktop, right?
0: Yeah, not a high-end desktop. So it's a small socket. It is a new socket, LJ1200, and compatible with the previous ones because... Uh, and, uh, you can, I put in some historical tests. I will say the Ryzen 9, the Core i9 were on with the latest version of Windows, latest NVIDIA drivers, as well as, uh, latest BIOSes, all blah, 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 all mitigations in place. Um, the other chips here for the 3950X, the Core i9, um, eight cores are with, uh, previous BIOSes, different boards, but you still get a feel that yes, you know, that 10 core, It is what it is. It's not 12 cores, but it's not 8 cores, right? (laughs) It's 8. It's 2 more than 8. It's 2 less than 12. That's the basic math. Uh, We'll go on to the next one, slide 2, Cinebench R20 single-thread performance. Um, uh, Again, Cinebench takes 3 times longer to run than Cinebench R15. It uses all kinds of... um, AVX2, AVX, AVX512, which is a little harder on Intel. Their clocks fall back a little bit. Their turbo boost doesn't pay off the dividends you would get out of, say, a lighter load, uh, R15. I would say, essentially, these are dead on tie. I will say my numbers were a little less than some sanity check numbers I've seen. Um, Not enough to really make a difference still. I mean, basically, this is all the same. If you're buying these CPUs for single threaded performance, On a heavy load, that's AVX-512, AVX-2, it's pretty much the same, right? Not a a deal changer.
2: Well, as far as your numbers being a little lower in Sandy check, uh, it sounds like you need to have some pretty wild cooling for this to tame this beast. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if, even if you had, like, you had a Kraken, I believe, on here, water cooler. If someone else had a different water cooler, it'd probably, you know, sway at those few points.
0: Yeah, you know, Definitely, it's not a. It's a 120 watt TDP part. Uh, core i nine is a 95 watt TDP part. So it's definitely a harder, a hotter running chip. No surprise. That's one of the reasons why Intel apparently needed that new socket. They need more power to run this thing even. But um, again, single core performance not bad, good. But you know, again, mm-hmm. on a harsher load, it's it's pretty dead even with Ryzen. So you would expect Intel to have a lead and it does have a lead, even sanity check, but it's not a huge game changer. So uh, the next one we're going to do is a Corona renderer. (coughs) And this is a a non-biased photorealistic renderer. Uh, Again, uh, even with 3D modeling, which loves uh, threads and cores, there are some engines that, like some CPUs more, and they may like other CPUs more, and you see Intel, that 10-core part in the Corona renderer, which I'm going to point out, is something that AMD originally brought to our attention back when the original Threadripper came out. Intel actually does pretty well in the Corona renderer. You know, you expect it to be a little bit slower, sort of halfway again between the 8-cores and the 12-core part, From, but it's it's essentially... What are we looking at? We're the nap way. About eight percent, right? Whereas with uh, our Cinebench, it was about fifteen percent slower. Or Ryzen was about fifteen percent faster. The Ryzen part's only about eight percent faster here. So plus or minus, still faster is faster. Ryzen twelve core wins and is cheaper. We're not going to mention that till later. Uh Next one, we're going to do a handbrake encode uh, because essentially for all your three D. Modeling loads, all your, your multi-core loving applications, 12 is more than 10, 10 is more than 8, and that's basically the math you're going to get. Some things are closer, some things are farther for that part. If you want, if you're really a 3D modeler, you're going to want more cores. Clearly, 12-core Ryzen, 16-core Ryzen are better picks than the 10-core part. No surprise. So, uh, let's look at it in handbrake. This is slide three. For handbrake, we use uh, 1.3.1. We take uh, 4K tears of steel, open source video. You can download it. And then we just can, we transcode it using the uh, 1080p HEVC H.265 preset. 1080p, 30 frames a second. Shorter is better. Um, Again, uh, handbrake, the 12 core. 3900x is faster than the the 10 core. Uh, looking at what about 16 percent? Sound familiar? Pretty close to that uh, uh, Ryzen R20. So again, 12 better than 10, and in <laughs> pure thread load, when, um, it's about 20 percent more threads on a on a 12 core Ryzen 3900.
2: Yep. But you mean the Intel chip is clocked a little bit higher and. Just because a program uses more threads doesn't mean it uses them all evenly, too. So you see a bit of a drop-off, just like you do when you do multi-GPU gaming. There's a little bit of performance drop-off the higher you go. So it's not surprising that's not a you know straight linear 20% gain for Ryzen and all this.
0: Right. And it never is. And people who think, hey, oh, my gosh, I have a 16-core CPU. I'm going to get you know twice the performance of an 8-core. It often is not true. But, again, uh, Handbrake does like more cores. This is using the CPU to do the encoding, not the GPU. And twelve is better, right? Mm-hmm. Oops. Uh, the next one is slide five, unless I have this wrong. Is it Topaz or did yep, I have Topaz it way? slide five? So for this, this is kind of cool. This is uh, made by Topaz Labs. It's their video enhance AI. This is a new version they just released a few days ago. Before I started testing. Um, it, it uses Intel's OpenVino to, to use AI to upscale video for this. I tried to make it realistic. I took an old fashioned, uh, flip cam style Kodak that I shot pictures, videos of my kids with 10 years ago or eight years ago, 720p. I wanted to up, uh, upscale it to 1080p using the Gaia HQ preset in Video Enhance AI. Um, And again, this is not just simply, Adam can explain this to you. It's not a simple, you know, basic, you know, upscale where it doesn't look as good. This is actually frame-by-frame analysis using machine learning from what it's learned from looking at, you know, thousands of maybe millions of hours of other videos to make the picture look better frame-by-frame. It is a really, really long test to run. That's 232 minutes on that Ryzen 9. And I I basically, for my testing, I was up to five o'clock in the morning. I started it at like I think at five o'clock when I took went and took took a nap, and then I came back. It was done. But um, you know, in Topaz, OpenVino performance uh, five percent for that Ryzen still faster, but that that Core i nine is pretty pretty damn close, considering that it has two fewer cores, four fewer threads, and we are looking at one, two, three. Four, four hours, four hours to run this encode. That means that CPU is running four hours to do this load. So a lot of the boost um, advantages the Core i9 might have don't really appear. So I think this is an indicator that obviously Intel's OpenVINO might run a little better on, on uh, Intel hardware. But still, 12 is better than 10 in the end. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, before um, we get to the next one, real quick, uh, Blue Kid gave us uh, two dollars. Thank you so much, Blue Kid. Uh, and ask, uh, how does one work for you guys in any capacity? He, he, you know, we we have some labor proposals here.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm. It's above my my pay grade, but
1: or maybe just I'm mowing the sure. lawn, like at the office or something. There's <laughs> so
3: much greenery in San Francisco. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to be having a intern program anytime at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But. But, that, honest, but thank you, you anyway, Blue kid. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. All right, move on to the uh, next last, one.
0: The last test is uh, Synergy's Cinescore. This is a benchmark that uh, they make that's supposed to give you an idea of off-the-shelf computer performance for uh, broadcast standard codecs. It's basically like... I don't know, 15 different resolutions and codecs all just slammed into one benchmark. It runs entirely in memory, so it's not bound by uh, disk, which, of course, is 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 a drive these days. Higher is better. Uh, it's very interesting because, again, we are pretty damn close, 2.4% advantage for Ryzen. But uh, that Intel part is right there. This is, uh, again, this is a benchmark that uses, I think, their own Daniel codec. It uses NVIDIA codec. It uses a few other codecs. There's SD, uh, UHD. There's AK uh, codecs. Test it all in this one thing. And you can get into this, the single scores, but I'm just going to give you the overall. And this pretty much tells you 3D modeling is sort of like the best case scenario for high core count. Uh, video encode is not always as straight as more cores is better. And this is actually a good indicator that there may be times when Intel's, you know, architecture is better than AMD's or microarchitecture for codecs because this, again, is somebody else's uh, codec.
2: And it makes sense that, again, we're used to Ryzen being pretty hot the last few years since it came out. But Intel has been the go-to you know, computer processors for years and years and years. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's just some, you know, with some of these optimization going on, it just works better on Intel CPUs as well.
0: Yeah. And as much as people always want to say, you know, always buy Ryzen because it's better. Generally, I would say still Ryzen is best for bang for buck and all that stuff, but you really need to look at what you're doing. If, somebody tells you to buy a Ryzen and you buy a Ryzen and you run something that just loves Intel microarchitecture, you got steered the wrong way. So yep. make sure you check out what you use first. Don't believe just what everybody tells you. There is no one answer that's right for everybody. Uh, we're going to go to slide seven, seven zip performance. I do have a WinRAR performance. I'm not going to show it. AMD sucks. It's actually a great example of, some things that just run really poorly on AMD market architecture, RAR labs. I don't know what's up, but if you use WinRAR and that's like your thing, you want Intel part for it. Cause AMD is just terrible on it. According to their own benchmark. Mm-hmm. We are going to use seven zip though, which is free. Uh, I actually love seven zip. It's an awesome program. It's really fast.
2: I actually, I did an article about software with pain for a couple of weeks ago and most of the response I got back to it about missing programs was actually people going WinRAR. And I'm like, why are y'all using WinRAR? Is there something I'm missing? Go use 7zip. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, 7zip, WinRAR <laughs> yeah. too, besides the fact that it runs badly, poorly mm-hmm. on AMD, I don't think it's free. Is it? You got to pay. No, it's for not. It. No, you got to pay for WinRAR. Yeah. Yeah, 7-Zip, I'm like, you know, I'm definitely – I would definitely say do 7-Zip over WinRAR. In my own case, I did do testing. You could read our story. Intel fans, go there, look at that WinRAR uh, result, send it to all your AMD friends just to make them angry. But 7-Zip, performance, multi-core test. Again, um, this is something that AMD traditionally, if this were a first-generation part, Intel probably would have cleaned their clocks in one of these. Multi core performance. They're definitely beating Intel, period, no matter what. Sizable advantage. Uh, Let's look at it 26% for the uh, decompress and 45% for compressed performance. So it's a huge win for AMD. You know, that's cache, that's out of order, that's memory latency. There's all kinds of things. There's different parts of it that are favors. Clearly, if you're running 7 zip, AMD is the way to go. If you're on RinRar go Intel. But I also do like to do single core performance as well. And this does show you that Intel's advantage in clock speed does matter because mm-hmm. here it's not as huge, but you're looking at a 7.6% advantage for Intel in decompress and about 18% for compress. So there are times when that single core, single thread, light thread performance. Uh, Intel definitely has advantage of one, two, three, four threads and it it's a good win there. Uh, but you know what? Intel didn't sell the CPU marketed anyway as world's best multi-core performance CPU because they know that is something they can't make that claim to because clearly Ryzen is better. What they said was like, hey, we make the best gaming CPU. So the next chart... Slide
1: nine. Which, before we even start, I, I have to mention, uh, this is something that's bugged me for a long time. Uh, and we even got a, a comment on Discord. I think it was Cosmc had had pinged me and said, Oh, hey, let Gordon know that there's a typo in his article. Uh, it, it's, it says 19 by 10 when I think he means 16 by 9. And I was like, Oh, no, don't worry. Gordon doesn't... He, he replaces ratios with shorthand for resolutions, uh, and it makes no sense. It really annoys the yeah. hell out of me.
3: Adam and I had this huge conversation about it the other day. It's one of the rare times I've ever heard Adam sound even slightly cranky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been the day, you know, quarantine gets no, to me. No,
0: it's because that's the way you do it.
1: No, that's there's the plenty why. of other ways you can do it. <laughs>
0: If you go back and you read video card reviews from the year 2003, nobody's <laughs> going to be saying, oh, we tested this at... Um, 1920 by
1: 1080? They're not going to say that? They're not going to say... They're, they're not going to say gonna 1920 say, by 1080?
0: They're not going to say 720p. They're not going to say FHD. They're not going to say 4K UHD. They're going to say 1920 by 1080 or 19 by 10 because everybody understands well, one of those 19 by 10
1: n- is one of those is right the other one is, is is a ratio 16 by 9 19 by 10 is a ratio
3: also gordon 2003 was 15 no wait that was 17 years ago
0: <laughs> here let me tell you
1: this yeah j- just cuz other people did it doesn't make it doesn't make it right That was right?
3: 17 years ago it's <laughs> a long time ago
0: if this was good enough those for a non can drive now <laughs> wait, wait, if this is good enough for Anon, if it was good enough for Kyle, uh, the original Kyle, not the new Kyle, if this was good new enough Kyle. for Thomas Paps, it's good enough for you, okay? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you? You, the, you know, you so, already,
1: sometimes, if, sometimes you need to be able to stand up to the system and say, "No, it's just wrong." <laughs> and no, in this I, case, I just, I'm saying, "No, it's just wrong."
0: <laughs> should I say what's better, 2160p or 4K F8P. UHD plus? 1080p
1: yeah, and 4K is what I use in my video yep. card reviews. Yeah, I mean, Why not e- e- either FHT, yeah, e- either way, those are actual standards. 19 by 10 is not a standard. Nobody knows what that is, other than I guess some, you know, PC reviewers online.
0: From the from the classic, the classic where they used to do it, <laughs> uh-huh. right. So you you go tell the the Mount Rushmore of hardware reviewers they were wrong. I, I have no problem telling you. Them that,
1: and I'm sure they know that though.
3: It has <laughs> nothing to do with like them being wrong for the time that they were writing it. We're talking that we're talking now in 2020, where sometimes, you know, language changes, conventions change.
0: I don't see. I don't. I don't know. If I if I if I went to four <laughs> digits, I don't know why it would matter. I mean, you would know. You know, nineteen by ten is nineteen twenty by ten eighty. It's just
1: no. Actually,
3: you had to explain that to me the first time you used it. So I, I do think it's easier just to put ten eighty p.
0: You know, if
1: or if FHD, Kyle, you know,
0: if Kyle is in there, he needs to drop a comment and just say that's just the way we should do it, man. <laughs> in the comment section. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, well, we have these.
2: These, pitch- are 1080p. <laughs> these are at ten eighty p.
3: These are ten eighty p.
0: There are some things that are ten eighty p. You can see we note the. Abbreviated resolution because if I didn't, it would get too long. And it would or you could just page.
1: say FHD. That, that's actually shorter, but you know,
0: 1080p, 1080p. Yeah, Come on, I'm not going to buy into that FHD thing. <laughs> it's just like, and then
2: I'm if, just saying,
1: don't FHD, don't, don't say FHD you did it for space. <laughs> just, just, F-
0: don't
2: F- say FHD you did it for is space bad because people don't know FHD. FHD, people don't know those kinds of things. I
1: like but at least it's a standard. You could you could oh, Google yeah, FHD.
3: <laughs> All right, hold up, everybody. We have Uncle Elias in Twitch chat, who actually went back and found a 2007 Anontech article, and the charts use uh, a lot of space to actually say things like 1280 by 1024, and there's actually spaces <laughs> between the Xs. So, I mean, they weren't trying to skimp on space here.
0: is <laughs> not far enough. 2007. <laughs> he said not <2009. laughs> great. Okay. 2007 is just like that's like now
3: look <laughs> okay. what, what,
0: what's, the, now? What? what's the resolution tell me what's the resolution of the surface book 3
1: I mean I, I can google that do you want me to google that? it's a
2: custom resolution that I would type out every bit of it <laughs>
1: Green. I'm just saying when you make a anyway.
0: chart and there's not enough room, you gotta like find ways to cut <laughs> stuff right. off. Hold
1: on, how many how many words were in this article, this review article? Were you really skimping? For, you're like, man, my my editor says my word count's way too high. No,
0: nope.
2: <laughs> because well, this chart has on, a lot of info. Look at this this chart. chart has a lot of info. I know, but you this, make the chart. this chart. If he you just can't.
1: said FHD, which is a standard, you can Google. That's still shorter, right?
0: Well, what's 25 80, by 16? 1080p
1: is the same thing.
0: Adam, what's 25 by 16?
1: Twenty-five uh, by sixteen 25 is a ratio. 16 by
0: sixteen, it's sixteen hundred p, right?
1: No, twenty-five by sixteen is a ratio. That's that's how you usually write out ratios. It's it's twenty-five. Right, here, <laughs> let me let me Google sixteen hundred. Let me let me if Google said, twenty-five by sixteen and see what. What's Google nineteen says.
0: by, 12? What's oh, 19 by twelve? What's nineteen by twelve? Google thinks I'm just Adam?
1: trying to do. Uh, Nineteen, yeah, 19, 19 by twelve is a is a is a uh a ratio, right? Nineteen hundred
0: I mean, by twelve hundred.
1: Four by three, sixteen by nine, two point three five by one, you know. These are all resolutions that you're saying. <sighs>
0: Nobody does it that way. Um, nobody
1: does, nobody it, that does way. it that way? Nobody, nobody does it nobody that way except does it for way.
3: 2007, a non-tech, which apparently then doesn't fall under a qualification or doesn't qualify to you because it's not old enough. I don't know about this logic, Gordon. Adam
0: is basically uh, trying to delay it as much as possible because he knows <laughs> this is the, hey, this no, is no, the it, shiny. It's just, it's
1: just something I've just been sitting on for a while, you know, and then Kaz it's MC so riled while. me up in, in Discord. We, we, this is the shining point for,
0: for common like S, and you're trying to derail it, Adam.
1: Uh, is it the shining point? Intel though?
0: came out. Yes, it is, because Intel came out. They said this is the world's best gaming processor, and it is, clearly, because <laughs> it is faster. Uh, again, this is what? I don't even know how many 16 different resolutions and settings and... Uh, and tests, plus there's some other more, other tests, I didn't even include some other things in here, the only bar where the red is longer, is the bar where shorter is better, so we can go down the whole list, but um, there's nothing that I ran, practically, not on this list anyway, where, where Intel wasn't faster in gaming, Might not be enough to change your mind, but like Far Cry New Dawn, which I've never run before, but it was interesting because Far Cry 5 happens to suck wind on AMD, right? Mm -hmm. On Ultra at 25 by 14, which is for people who don't know, 2560 by 1400 resolution, about 9%. Uh, you're killing me. I'm trying not to weigh in on this, but you're killing me, Gordon. <laughs> 19 by 10, 7.5%, 19 by 10, normal. So, again, we're, we are cranking the game setting to a lower setting, so it's not as GPU limited, practically 14% faster than the AMD part. Pretty solid win. And, uh, again, this engine in the pass is not like Ryzen, and we sort of see that here. Wait, where am I, why am I killing you, Brad? Twenty-five
2: by fourteen, like I was just letting the nineteen by ten go, but twenty-five by fourteen, it just—I <laughs> don't know why—it was just killing my brain.
3: <laughs> that's where Brad puts his foot down.
2: Fourteen forty P. If I put
0: fourteen forty P, how would that? Fourteen forty P. People be like, "Oh, fourteen forty P." Should I only list? It's, it's a standard. It's, if, <laughs> if I if that's I said it was twelve hundred, if I said twelve hundred P, would you know what that is? If I I was doing an off resolution like that, not a standard resolution, I would spell it all out. Yeah, but so then I know what, so I know I do. I do some at 1200 p, or some at 1080 p, and then some at like then some are 1920 by 1200 p. That's just
1: well, if 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 you do 1080 p, no, if you do 1080 p, it's pretty much always 1920 by 1080 p, right? If it's but if it's ultra wide and the you know and it's 1080 p, then you still want to list out the width and the height because it's it's not the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Ashes of the Singularity <laughs> at 1920 by 1080p, 7.5%. <laughs> this is doing the uh, uh, crazy preset. And I also tend to use their uh, CPU focus because supposedly years ago they told me they throw more units at the screen. You're sort of measuring the impact of more units in a, in a, in a real-time strategy game. Should be more of a load. And Intel has about 7.5% load uh, lead. Uh, Chernobyl Lights, both of these at 1080p, by 1080 FHD is uh, 7.9% on high. Again, less of a GPU load. About 2.6% on ultra. Uh, Both of those in favor of Intel. Civ 6, Gathering Dawn, this is a fairly new uh, version or uh, expansion pack for Civ 6. This is the only looking at AI, how long it measures. uh, It takes for the computer to do its move after you submitted its move. And about 6.5% for uh, Core i9, 10th gen. Metro Exodus, a little bit of a surprise here because uh, Extreme, obviously you're very GPU bound. 3% advantage for Intel. RTX, which I thought would actually be even worse, uh, only about 4.3%. And then on high, at 1920 by 1080, uh, 19 by 10, FHD is uh, 6.7%. So it's still very, very heavy GPU-bound game. Um, but and again, Intel still faster. Uh, Quake 2 RTX fully path trace, which is probably of all the ray tracing tests I've run, is probably harsher than any of them. About 2.7% faster for Intel. Practically within the margin of error, but still the margin it leans towards Intel, and uh, it is RTX that's fully path trace. I was quite surprised. That's at uh, 19 by 10, 1920 by 1080 FHD. Uh, also, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, 19 by 10 Ultra, which should be a very much uh, GPU bound setting uh, in Vulkan. About four percent for Intel, you know, decent and. Um, I still need to play that. Still need to play it. And again, you know, you're not seeing anything that is leaning toward AMD. Just about everything is going to lean toward Intel. It is mostly single digits. So some people might say, well, that's not a lot here. I mean, obviously Far Cry is better on Intel. Last one I'm going to close with is uh, Gears of War and uh, Gears of War 5. That one surprised me. Yeah. um, On Ultra. At 25 by 16, 2560 by 1600p, it's uh, 6.2 percent for Intel on Ultra at 19 by 12, which is um, FHD plus (laughs) or 1200p. It's 17.2 percent for Intel. Moving to medium, of course, which we're very much not GPU bound in the benchmark. Apparently, the GP that test is very very um, tough. But I'm going to guess at at medium, you're not bound by the 2080 Ti that I use for all these tests. and You're looking at a 48.8% advantage for that core i9. And there's also a CPU frame rate, which I thought would have been higher, but still 35% for Intel, which is, I'm going to guess, uh, Gears of War 5 is that's what we'd be rendering at if the, the GPU wasn't the bottleneck on all our performance. So pretty much solid win for gaming. There's a couple things I, I do want to mention. I was surprised that AMD won at one is, um, CSGO. Uh, I was actually quite surprised. They were both over 400%, but I thought that Intel part would be faster. It wasn't quite surprisingly. I still have to sort of look at that to see why, because Core i9 was faster than 3900, the 9900 KS. Um, and also of course uh three d mark um time spike extreme the c p u test, which is physics based the uh a m d part has an advantage over it, not huge but an advantage. I don't fully believe in because i again I'm of the belief that most games are not using all of the thread count that's available so um but I do want to mention that to make so people don't think i'm I'm you know leaving stuff out
2: these. To me, these numbers are interesting because it's clear again that Intel has the performance lead, which it did with the 9900K too, just to a lesser degree. Uh, but looking at these again, I think I stressed this when we did the 9900K review or maybe it was 3900X review in the resolutions that people actually play at in the, It's going to be negligible because if you have a a 10, 900K and a 2080 Ti, you're probably not playing at 1080p, which is where you're going to see these, these bigger gulps, which are still for the most part, Gears of War, Gears of War being different is, you know, four to 6%, which is definitely an advantage, especially if you're playing in esports. Uh, but I mean, four to 6%, the 3900X is $100 cheaper. Uh, Comes to the cooler, yeah. And when you another scenario where it might make a difference is like if you plan on getting one of these high end gaming CPUs and playing it like fourteen forty p or four K with next gen like big Navi or thirty eighty Ti, you might see this, you know, make more of a difference. But keep in mind what you're looking at here. It's it's not really a huge difference. In the
0: resolutions right here that we're looking at. Like in, in
2: your real world, you're not going to play like this, most likely.
0: Well, begin if you're esports and you play on a 300 hertz panel, 500 yeah. hertz is coming around. Yeah. So that being a very big exception, you know, the esports yeah. can, yeah, is its own thing. Yeah. And I would agree because I think as you get up to 1440p or 2560 by 1440, whatever that is, is that UHD minus? I don't know what that is, mm. but you get there. I mean, it's not gonna. You're not gonna see a huge difference between a 3900X and a 10900K in gaming, yep. unless you it's have your, a game because it's just your graphics card out. sweating for the most part. So. Right. but you know, we don't know what 3080 Ti is gonna bring. We don't know what Big Novel is gonna bring. If it's a, it's a If it's a quantum leap forward in performance in non trace games, you're it gonna want. Make a difference. You're probably yeah. gonna want an Intel part. I think. That'd be my recommendation. There are a lot of caveats with both, you know, yeah. with that, that go with that, of course. Yep. Uh, one is cost, obviously, because it's not not really, it's not that cheap. We can go to the bucks per thread chart. This is a pretty big one. I think I did yeah, yeah. call out at least all of the, I took out the, the high-end desktop parts.
1: This is what chat was waiting for. There's yeah. There's always people yeah, waiting for the bucks per thread chart, even though it's a yeah, little hard to read now, but yeah. <laughs>
0: My I know. I chart. didn't know what to take out. And you know, and I had like, I had to like add street pricing because I do have street pricing and I do have MSRP trade pricing, you know, 1KU pricing in there. Um, Intel the last few years has tended to exceed 1KU pricing, whereas it used to be eventually it would get lower than 1KU. 1K, 1000 units is one 1KU means. Uh, AMD is solidly below MSRP these days, so you have to acknowledge the yeah. the price advantage, right? I we should let Elena talk about this because she could like <laughs> that's her that's her that's her jam, you know?
2: Well the thing to keep in mind too is uh not only are Ryzen chips significantly below MSRP, yes. today at least I was checking right before the show. The I'm assuming you use the four hundred and eighty eight dollar price for this for the ten nine hundred K. But actually, if you go look at e-tailers at new egg, it is $600 at BNH. It is 530 bucks or it might be vice versa, but it's 530 bucks is the cheapest I could find it just yeah. to throw that out there. It's no a new part that, that t- tends
0: to happen. That tends to happen. But I think the thing that's a little disheartening about that for somebody who was like, well, there's a it'll settle down. It doesn't because look, I also included the street price of a core I nine 9900 K and it's not lower. I don't think, let's see, where is that 900 K? No, it's been high. It's been out of stock or high. Yeah.
3: Yeah. For a while now.
0: And the crazy thing though, is I was like, well, what about the 9900 K S? Cause like, well, should I even include the 9900 K S in the testing? It's like, I realized that basically that part has basically vanished because I could only find it for $1,500 that chaos (laughs) part and it's really just it's it's really expensive per per thread which if people who are new to the bucks per thread it's basically where we take the total amount of threads you are paying for the cpu it's it doesn't impart performance necessarily but if you believe if you are shopping for more threads because you are a 3d renderer you want more threads because you like the idea this chart does give you an idea of of what's the better value. Um, All that said, I will say the street price of the Core i9, Intel did a lot of things right because that 10900K, if it ever does get to the $488, which is on this chart, it's about $24 per thread, which isn't that far from the MSRP of a 3900, right? Which is $21. So $21 per thread versus 24... It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's like
3: the first time I think we've really – not the first time, but I think it's uh, it's starting to show that AMD has put enough pressure on Intel that we're getting uh, more parity between that kind of uh, core thread or cost per thread analysis that you're doing. Before, if yeah. you look at some of the older parts on that chart, man, it's just like – just shoots like straight to the right there. It's kind of intense.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, I mean, some of the value is, is absolutely horrible. Like, look at the Core i5, uh, 9400F, which, you know, heck, that's, I think it's like six, six cores, six threads, no hyper threading. That part gets replaced by, so arguably, I mean, there's a K part, but Core i5 k you're getting six threads, uh, six cores, 12 threads. It's actually, it's actually, Almost reasonable for Intel compared to what our previous K part was, right?
3: <laughs> I like that you have that caveat, though. Like it's for Intel, and I do think that I think that's something that's worth pointing out, just because we were talking about comparing uh, the ten nine hundred K. Oh gosh, it's gonna take a while for me to get used to that. Yeah. Um, to the thirty nine hundred um street price, and here's the thing, though. Like, if AMD holds true to form that street price is only going to get lower during sale periods. Right. Intel is going to, the best you're going to see is like maybe a 30 to $50 drop below MSRP when that's even a possibility. But maybe not because as you were just pointing out, a lot of the high-end parts these days have not really been available in enough quantity to encourage anybody to sell it at a lower price.
0: Right. So that's, that's what's kind of killed them, right? Yeah.
3: It's not, so it's not going to be this thing where it's like, okay, well, they're kind of starting off roughly in the same area. And right now the, the rice and parts lower because it's been out longer. You know, there's they have had more time to put, you know, stock into the channels. Um, but it's not necessarily going to reach parity even in that regard because Intel's always kind of run things differently. So I think that anyone looking at this proposition and thinking, well, maybe I could wait for it to go on sale. It's, that's not going to really happen. You're going to just have to choose if you're going to shell out the more money for Intel or if you want to go the AMD route.
0: I mean, yeah. Look at the so this is a horrible. This is sort of that problem, right? I'm just, i was just Core i7 9700K, eight cores, no hyperthreading, forty eight dollars per thread, right? I'm really glad this chart is making me think of it that.
2: That only lasted for one generation for whatever reason, maybe for security reasons. The last generation, maybe it was for product segmentation reasons, and they realized they messed up. Uh, there were no hyperthreading for ninth gen desktop parts, and that was a big mistake. I hated it the second I saw it. That wasn't the way to fight against Intel. Now, all these chips have hyperthreading again, which is great. It makes a huge difference in value proposition.
0: Yeah, because look, you, As you can fr- see $48 per thread. To that Core i7 10700K, which, hey, they switch on hyperthreading. Yay. And what you now get to $23 per thread. Now, I know people are like, well, what is this? this is a crazy metric? But you know what? If you run Cinebench, if you run Corona, you run all this modeling, V-Ray, all this stuff, hyperthreading gets you a significant amount of performance that you're now getting that Intel wasn't giving before. So that's as much as people are A lot of people are here to sort of like bag on Intel. Intel has made the right move with these 10th gen parts. And I do think – I think, like, even the 10900K, for all its warts, it's not faster than a 3900X. It's not cheaper. But it isn't a bad part because the 9900K didn't deserve to be in the same room with the 3900X. It didn't deserve to be priced more than 3900X. This part, at least, you know, you're getting somewhat compatible multi-core performance. You're still getting outstanding single-core, you know, two-core that sort of gaming advantage. So, you know, I think it's better. You know, it's it's a solid part. People may want to just kind of like oh dismiss it, but this is a very solid part for Intel. I mean, it's it's way better than the night gen situation. It feels like. Yeah,
2: this is definitely Intel doing the best it can with its fifth year of 14 nanometer. I mean, they really got it humming. Yeah, hey, it was kind of a smack talk, but I mean, this is really them doing what they can. <laughs> I mean, this you, is as best. Yeah. I mean, it's fast. They definitely got this thing humming. They got more cores than ever. I mean, it's, I yeah. have, it's not going to blow anybody's socks off, but I have no complaints about what this is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't it's be like... It's a big improvement over ninth Gen, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Because, I mean, 9900K was like, you really had to like... They had been boxed into such a tight corner. Like, well, if you play eSports with a 2080 Ti.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's was like, other than that, why would you ever buy this part? This is like, you know, I want solid game performance. I don't care quite as much about multi-core, you know, and I'm going to deal with it. You know, it is what it is. We said that a couple of weeks ago, right? It is what it is. It's it's not bad. So, And now that
2: the part we're going to talk about later, uh, AM4 coming to a switchover. AMD's upgrade proposition, uh, is an advantage over Intel because you could expect to get one or two generations of upgrades out of both of these motherboard chipsets. So
0: yeah. Oh, actually, uh, let's show uh, the last one. I do like this 11, the next slide 11. It's kind of fun because I didn't, I hadn't even looked at it this way till I was like, Oh, I need to pull stuff off this chart, but let's put them actually all into one chart. This is essentially a chart of how much Intel has charged per thread. For all of its 10 core consumer core processors. And it really is sort of like, it was the height of Intel hubris. It was the famed 2016 core i7, 6950X Broadwell E part. It was a big socket part, 10 cores, 20 threads, $86 per thread. It was 1,723. I remember it because it was hard to that's one thing you will always remember. It's like $1,723 yeah. for 10 cores. At the when time, the
2: 8-core chip was $1,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I Every time that part number gets brought up, you might have just seen it. I just automatically sneer. That year when we did our full Nerd Hardware Awards, rather than give the first 10-core chip an award, we voted no winner for CPU because that I, pricing was ridiculous.
0: I did vote for it because I still think you you reach for the gold. But I mean, the crazy thing is, look at, that was 2016, we get to 2017. Core i9, 7900X, Skylake X, 10 core, 20 threads. Believe me, that Skylake X launch was was no fun at the time. I didn't look at the 10 core part, but it was $49 per thread. (laughs) Significant decrease from $86 per thread. Still really not enough to sort of like fight off uh thread ripper and yep. and core i9 we get to 2018 these are all big socket parts so you get the core i9 9900x Skylake x 10 core 20 thread big difference they went from uh, a paste thermal interface to a, a solder thermal interface big deal same price though 49 dollars. and then of course last year after three years of just getting beat on by AMD's high core count parts, AMD or Intel finally slashed prices. 2019 Core i9 10900X, Cascade Lake X, 30 bucks per thread. <laughs> that's a huge move. Right? I think it was that's, like $580. That was
3: the point where uh, you and I were talking on one of the full nerds about how they had done this huge price cut, really. Yeah. Right? Because it was so, so dramatic for them to drop it by that much.
0: Yeah. And of course, now we get. This year's Core i9 10900K for $24 per thread, slightly more than AMD. And you know, it's actually, at least it's, it's in the ballpark, right? It's so at least it's in the ballpark. So that I think that's this people need to recognize this is the big ship turning around and Intel saying we're, we're at least going to finally compete somewhat. So, uh, we, this just drives home, uh, the ridiculousness of
2: Intel naming to me even further beyond the whole trying to say something like 10900K. Uh, the fact that they have a ten core ten nine hundred K, a ten core ten nine hundred X, they have a ninety nine hundred X, they have a ninety (laughs) nine hundred K.
0: It's like, oh my! This is why I always have to look stuff up before I say anything on the show. I know. You know the really bad thing too, is from Broadwell E, to like S, it's fourteen nanometer. Every single part is fourteen nanometer. That's that whole thing. That is a long time to be stuck on a process, and that has been the thing that it's just been Intel's curse is not being able to get off 14 nanometer for desktop parts. So, uh,
2: that's what po- po- tick talk, tick talk ticket would have been back in the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get, get off this topic, we, we do have some, some questions, uh, rounding out your review, uh, or earlier somebody was asking, uh, did you get a chance to test any of the, the lower end parts like the 10, 700 K or, or anything like that?
0: I did not. Um, because I, you know, I, I, I was very interested in the, the. I was sort of interested in the high end part because that goes against AMD's sort of, you know, high end parts. I do think it's a solid battle there. I really need to get back in there, um, and and look at the i5. That i5 ten six hundred K is is it's a pretty pretty solid part, right? You're looking at, um, you know, because you're looking at six cores, twelve threads, obviously. Power is going to be up there, but you're looking at a base clock of four, one gigahertz up to four, eight turbo. And where is it in cost? Uh, where is it? Uh, $22 per thread. Not bad. Uh, you're looking at, if you're putting that up against the Ryzen 5, $3,600, 20, $21. Of course, uh, 3600 3, x on the street is about $17 now. So still... But uh, you're looking at six core, six threads. At that, you know, similar core count, similar thread count, the battle is not going to be at that disadvantage that the the i nine to nine hundred K is. So I think it might be a lot closer. The issues, of course, would be thermals and power. And you know, you can AMD gives you a a a cooler that will at least run at stock speeds just fine. Uh, Whereas Intel, I I'm mean, that w- I'm not sure you will be able to run at stock speeds with a Intel cooler. Yeah, and that that was uh, some of
1: the other questions was about uh, thermals and power. Uh, we've yeah. heard we've heard it loses a lot of power. We've heard it's it's hot. Uh, what about your scenario, Gordon?
0: Yeah, so I don't I didn't get a chance to look at thermals. You know, my feeling is unless you're thermally throttling, and again, you saw the result of running. Topaz and Video Enhance for four hours straight. That's a pure CPU encode or AI. I don't think I and it was pretty damn close to that that rising part. I don't think the thermals were enough to hurt, uh, hurt, hurt performance. Again, I was running a, a Kraken X62 on both of them, 100 percent fans with the fan blowing into an open case. But you want that for an ideal situation. What would be interesting is that cost advantage, whereas 3,900X with a stock cooler versus a 10,900K with an aftermarket water cooler. I yeah. was, uh, adding that was reading cost, right? other site reviews as well. And like
2: uh, Ian Nantech said that he, he knows somebody who had issues troubling the cooling the 10,900K with a Corsair H115i, like which is a liquid cooler. And Paul over at uh, Tom said that the high power consumption from the ten nine hundred K, you know, it was given their twenty eight two hundred and eighty millimeter water cooling rig some issues sometimes. So yeah. it sounds like if you want to actually try to get those five to five point three gigahertz speeds with this, you're going to need to like invest some serious like a hundred plus dollars in a
0: cooler. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I actually used to use Corsair H 115s eyes uh, for testing, and I had to move on because. We've been beyond those for even the Ryzen parts. Yep. So, So, Elena?
3: Well, um, kind of piggybacking on Adam here, uh, Twitch chat also is pointing out that kind of a counterpoint to you and Brad saying that, you know, Intel's made these great strides. They're saying that, you know, it's only insofar as much as they could you know, given that they're still stuck on 14 nanometer, I presume is what uh, Uncle Elias on Twitch was saying, that uh, they made the right moves, but it is more expensive. It runs hotter, draws more power, it requires more expensive cooling, and for most workflows, it's slower. And so because of that, the pricing compared to Ryzen is still not where it needs to be to be competitive, in their opinion.
0: No, no, I agree with you. Intel's just stuck because, you know, they can't cut, they can't, you know, if this... If they were making, if 14 nanometer parts were falling off trees, they would have gone <laughs> a price war, I'm sure. I'm sure Intel would have gone a price war with AMD, but they just can't because they don't, they can't make enough to s- cut the prices on them and go to a price war. So, yeah, it, but you know, again, it's, it's solid. 10th gen, these, these parts are solid. I, There's definitely caveats to buying them, but, you know, you shouldn't feel horrible. Uh, As far as power, we do have a uh, slide C, Adam, if you want to show that. It's kind of interesting. Although I'm going to point out weaknesses with it because I don't have matching power supplies. I use 1,000-watt power supplies in both of these. One was 80-plus gold. One was 80-plus silver, and that's, I think, at 20% load. By 80-plus, that's about a 2% difference in efficiency. The Intel part had the 80-plus gold. The Ryzen had the 80-plus silver, so it's at a disadvantage on power. I basically ran uh, Cinebench. God, I can't remember. I'm sure it was 15, not 20, because 20 would have just taken too long. And um, I ran them on both systems at the same time, uh, measuring power draw at the socket. Uh, There were no fans running in the case, although the motherboards all had their crazy, you know, little... OLEDs and their their little uh, lights and LEDs and all that stuff, but it was same GPU, uh, same amount of RAM. LEDs I really couldn't control. Interestingly, the Intel part had a, a decent power savings on very light loads. One, two, three, four. As you moved up to about you know heavier four, five threads, six, the Intel part just starts ramping up to significantly more power than the Ryzen. As you can see. I stopped running it on the Intel part after a certain amount because there's just there's no need to run Cinebench R fifteen with eighteen threads because it's a or you know, twenty two threads because it stops at, at, at twenty. On uh, the next chart too, actually the last hopefully we're gonna show off is the same thing. This is Cinebench R twenty. Same. It run exactly the same thing. This is slide D, same load on both systems, exactly the same time within you know, a second. The red is the Intel ten nine hundred K. The purple is the Ryzen thirty nine hundred X. As you can see, the Intel part is using almost two hundred and ninety watts. This is just a CPU load in in uh, in uh, in Cinebench R twenty. And not only is it using about 30 more watts at the socket. It takes longer, too. But you, so you also have to consider the, the additional time it takes to run that load. Definitely, if you're in a place that you need to conserve power, Ryzen's, Ryzen is the way to go. And that's with uh, Intel having the advantage of an 80-plus gold power supply. If I had matching ones, I'll do it again. It's more scientific. But clearly, 10900K uh, uses more power.
2: Okay. Uh- they both
0: use a lot of power.
2: 10900K definitely uses a lot
0: of power too. That's the thing. It's like, it's not like Ryzen 3900X. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's a laptop. I'm using 20 watts. <laughs> yeah. You're up over 200, you're about 250 watts. So mm-hmm. this is, sometimes it feels like people make a little too much out of that. I mean, especially you think about you're your cranking your CPU at 250 watts and then your video cards using 250 watts. What do you, you know, five or 10% more is not. Is it going to make a, a, I'm not, a deal breaker?
2: For me, I've talked about this before. The power is not so much a deal breaker because, again, once it's plugged into my wall, I don't really care. Uh, for me, we haven't really talked about it, but the lack of PCIe 4.0 support on these new motherboards is the big deal breaker for me. Yeah. Uh, because those SSDs are a whole lot faster. And even though we're still in the first gen, they're only going to get faster as new controllers come out. And that's something that I really want to from building a high-end enthusiast system today. I want that specific upgrade path available to me. I don't want to be buying PCIe 3.0 when I know PCIe 4.0 is here and has been here for three quarters of a year. And to me, that's a major disadvantage for Intel at this point. I was really disappointed that they weren't able to get that in here, especially because all the motherboard makers are making it sound like next-gen Rocket League S chips are definitely going to have PCIe 4. So that, yeah. that's,
0: that's a bigger consideration for me than power draw. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that because it, it's, it's going to be a bummer when you look at those. Yeah, those, those second-gen PCIe SSDs, they're probably going to scream. like. Yep. Right? Yeah, I'm holding out for those. I'm looking forward to them. <laughs> they might even be faster than what you're getting out of a console. And then, you know, <laughs> oh, what are you going to do then?
1: Uh, one, la- one last uh, thing on my end uh, Big Al uh, over on Discord had put in our questions channel um, they watched uh, Gamers Nexus and Hardware in Box this morning and they both mentioned that the Z490 has all kinds of BIOS issues did you run in- into any of those in your testing Gordon?
0: Uh I don't know what boards they had I didn't have issues I will say there are things there I couldn't find I know that supposedly there's PCIe overclocking but, you know, motherboard BIOSes these days, they're like, it's like trying to find your way through a phone tree of the federal government. You're going to be there for hours just <laughs> looking for something, right? You, you just, it's just very hard to find. Uh, I also, interestingly, so you have the favorite cores. So one of the features with 10900K or 10 series is now you have favorite cores. Basically, at the factory, they look at these two cores on each individual, each individual die. These are the ones that are going to run the fastest. And we'll tell you which ones they are. I didn't see that in the BIOS um, with Core X parts. They used to give you an asterisk to tell you which one. I also, I maybe I tried too early, but I couldn't find a uh, uh, XCU. Didn't either. So I, I don't know. I'm. It's it's a little it's a little rushed. It's not quite complete in that, but you know, I didn't have crashing. I didn't have craziness. So I, I'm not surprised Intel when they are under a harsh schedule plus. Also, there's this thing going on in the world right now. So it's a little hard to qualify everything and make everything work. So you almost kind of think you kind of give them a little bit of slack for that because, you know.
2: I mean, that's part of the reason why our own tests, like you said, you have some of the historical data in there for some of the other parts, but you didn't retest them. It's because, you know, considerations from all this going on. So yeah, it's good to have grace with everybody, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of grace, should, should we give AMD grace uh, for their, their reversal? on the am4 decision
0: i will sure yeah although i'm bummed i i had all these lines saved up (laughs) because i was anticipating just making fun of them because you know obviously it'd be fun just to you know there's so many lines you can use really oh there's like the, Like? the, the well the batman one you either you either you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain right that was like perfect
1: well now, now no. they continue to live on so yeah well
0: another one of course was godfather godfather 2 you know please. michael corleone please so his brother you you know this adam
1: I, it's been a while since i've seen the second one
0: you broke my heart fredo you broke my heart
1: <laughs> i know it
0: was you right that's just like
1: okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice so
3: <laughs> no. It's weird because I actually expected both of you to have more of a, of a stronger reaction to the news, but Why? You, both, you guys both just—you uh, guys just seem to be like, "Yeah, that's cool."
0: No, I, no. Somebody, should, well, somebody should break it down first. I, yeah, think, I think it's, think it's great. great news. I think. It's uh, great news.
2: Yeah, I think it's wonderful personally. Uh, so I wrote the article on it. So I guess I'll I'll break it down. Uh, so basically, we covered it last week. We spent like half an hour talking about what a crap move it was. AMD drew a line in the sand and said, Hey, B450 boards, uh, X470 boards aren't going to be supporting future generations of Ryzen chips and three chips, Ryzen 4000 in the future. Uh, despite, you know, saying from the beginning, AM4 socket is going to be supported through 2020, leading people to believe that they were cutting off older chipsets while still technically saying they were supporting AM4. So it was kind of a bait and switch kind of scenario in my brain. Uh, not illegal. You know, not not being a lawyer, that's not legal. Uh, but anyway, the Internet agreed. You know, plenty of us, plenty of other tech publications and YouTubers talked about it. It blew up in forums. Fortunately, AMD actually listened to the feedback. And they're now saying that they will make optional BIOS uh, upgrades available for B450 and X470 motherboards. Uh, it's a compromise. It really is a compromise because there are very real technical reasons why they were saying, hey, we're going to cut this off here. Uh, so it's much more complicated than previous BIOS updates, but they are going to make these B450 and X470 BIOS updates for Zen 3, so Ryzen 4000 presumably, or five, whatever the next Ryzen chips are going to be called, uh, for B450 and X570 motherboards. They're going to be optional. They're going to give the code to motherboard makers. Motherboard makers will have the option to offer it uh it won't be mandatory uh it's a one way trip so if you upgrade to it you won't be able to flash back to your older bios uh they're and- only going to offer it if they you somehow you verify that you have one of these motherboards and a new Zen 3 chip it it's complicated but they're meeting people in the middle and trying to do what they can to get this in the hands of the enthusiasts who are rightfully, in my opinion, causing the ruckus over this. Uh, so I'm glad to see them go, you know, we weren't thinking about it like that. We hear you all. We're going to try to meet you in the middle as much as we can. They don't have all the hard details available yet. Right. One thing, Zen 3 is not going to be around for probably several months. Uh, and for another thing, it sounds like they were just like, yeah, uh, we hadn't really thought about this. Listening to y'all, we want to do it. Give us time. We'll figure out the exact thing. We'll come back and give you more info. But yeah, so there you had a change of heart after everyone complained, which is really good. Hopefully it doesn't open a can of worms like Bioware did when it changed the end into Mass Effect. (laughs) But it's good to hear, to see AMD listening to very valid feedback that, hey, this is kind of not cool what you're doing and coming back and saying, okay, we're going to try to meet you halfway as much as we can. So, good. Yep.
3: I think that part is definitely the part that makes me happy to see that they acknowledged a lot of the criticism, the valid criticism in uh, all the feedback that they got. The The part that I'm going to be really interested in seeing like what the developments are in the next couple of months before the launch of Ryzen 4000 is how they're going to thread that needle between making people who wanted to do upgrades happy Versus the people who were hoping to get more of a, mm, to save some money really by getting an older board with the newer chip. Because one of the things that has come up already is people asking about boot kits, just because those boards won't be coming with the BIOS update already installed. I think it's like, it's something you have to actively seek. And so it's not going to be ready right out of the box if you try to drop a Zen 3 part into it. So I wonder if they're going to just ignore that population or if they're going to come up with some workaround as well because uh, I think it was uh, steve or at Gamers Nexus was pointing out that it's expensive to run a boot kit program and some of those ships just don't come back. So I don't know if that. Yeah, for people who don't that. know,
0: they would send you a CPU to do your upgrade and then people just wouldn't send them back, right? Yeah. Back. You're supposed to be a good citizen
3: yes. to send it back. Uh, they're not even really high-end chips either they're just enough to get you like you know into a state where you can actually run a bios update and that's it
2: and the thing yeah. is these new to make room for all these new Zen three chips they're gonna have to get rid of a bunch of older support for a bunch of older lesser used chips like that mm-hmm. uh and so those boot chip style devices are probably gonna get checked out the window uh so one of the things that they said is that their intent is to offer BIOS download only to verified customers of four hundred series motherboards with purchase new desktop processor with Zen 3. And that'll ensure that customers have a beautiful processor on hand after the BIOS flash. So my guess is you're gonna have to already have a chip in a motherboard and say, Hey, I'm upgrading this. Not necessarily that, you know, I've been stashing this B four fifty motherboard for a year. To wait for this I don't think I don't expect them to send out boot kits just by the verbiage of all that yeah so I think this is a pure play for people who already bought it uh enthusiasts who want to actually upgrade and weren't just stashing parts that's my guess looking between the lines here of what's going to happen which again this is a very small subset of enthusiast users who are a subset to begin with so I'm not upset about it they're doing the best they can yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't expect bootkits.
1: kids. Well, I've, I've seen some people, you know, say, could this, could this in the long run lead to some consequences that we're not thinking of? What, what are those consequences?
3: <laughs> they're not going
2: to, they're not going to promise, uh, something like what they did with AM4 again. They're going to be much more specific in their marketing language, I think, because I think that's the big lesson from all of this is that they said hey we're going to do all this and then again just ditching older chipsets like we were discussing last week stays to the letter of the of the promise but ditches the spirit of the promise mm-hmm. and i think they're going to manage those expectations much more going forward especially now that Ryzen is a hit and people are looking to buy it it was kind of when it first came out you know we're going to have this through 2020 AM4, that's what you're going to be able to keep able to upgrade. That was a big promise back then when they're trying to get this new part, this new brand, you know, off the launching pad. Now they're established. This is rearing its head and this is going to cost them resources, like maintaining all this, making all these changes, having their motherboard partners do it. It's going to take time and money. Uh,
0: They're not going to want to do that again. They're going to be much more careful going forward, I think. Yeah. And I just want to add, I, I think, you know, I applaud the thing I'm applauding is the fact that you had a, you know, fairly large company actually listened to its customer base. That's always good. You always want to go to the manager of McDonald's and have the manager of McDonald's say, oh, I'm sorry. Here's your McNuggets. Right. But <laughs> I will say it's going to lead to a very messy very ugly situation in the in the future where people get boards that just don't work. Somebody sells a used B450 board that will not work with lower end parts. And then you're going to get, I mean, I'm sorry, there's going to get people, you're going to get the folks that are going to go like, you know what, uh, This I expected this, it didn't work, I'm going to sue you now, right? It, it is the reason why AMD really very much decided they had to break it off was because it was just cleaner And to not deal with it and they're going to have to it's going to be messy they're going to have to deal with it uh so it's bad news again those are resources that you could put into making new chipsets new cpus and all kinds of stuff instead they're sitting there sending out cpus to people who want to do their upgrade or something so it's it's in some ways it's like it, it would have been better as a financially to do an intel You know what, Mm -hmm. LJ-1200, we might be able to run this in a socket. It might not work. We're not going to have things break. We're not going to get sued. We're going to go to something new, easy to know, 1200 parts, 1151 parts. You know what, you know, go your own way. Whereas this is like, oh, yeah, we're. you know how sometimes you try to make everybody happy and you just end up making everybody pissed off? Yep. That's what I'm very afraid could happen. And then I really do hope in two years from now, AMD says, "Hey, you know what? Here are the results of our upgrade program, which we burned—I don't know—three million dollars on. And you know how many people took advantage of this program to enable, you know, these older motherboards? Three percent, right? <laughs> it's not even going to be that. It won't even be the high. But <laughs> I just hope that because everybody gets up in arms, we got—I mean, you know—it was just well, heartbroken, which is I didn't want to get, you know, on them. But I mean, here's uh, the thing: you
2: sound a lot." What you're saying sounds a lot like I was actually debating this with Josh Walrath from PC Perspective on Twitter, uh, because he feels that, you know, this engineering resources would be better spent going towards new chipsets, new capabilities, which, yes, in a vacuum, I agree. But AMD's marketing promises, they painted themselves into this corner. Uh, I mean, they've been saying AM4 the whole time. I would have been fine with them saying Zen 3 won't be AM4. It'll be AM4 Plus, like we talked about next show. And, I mean, if they did that, it would still would have been AM4 through 2020 because it's 2020 now. But they've been saying, hey, you know, we're going to be supporting this. Uh, they didn't give anybody any warning two years ago when B450 came out that this is potentially a dead thing. They didn't give anybody any warning when Uh, Ryzen 3000 series chips came out last summer saying, hey, you know, B550 is not here. You can buy B450 now, but it's going to be a dead platform. If they had come out and said that flat out to people and gave people a warning, I'd be cool with it. Uh, I'm glad that they made this reversal. I know it's going to cost them money and effort and time, and that sucks, but I think it's the pro-consumer thing to do, and I'm glad to see it happen, even if it does mean – Less resources going to that future stuff.
3: So here's a question for you two, actually. Do you think they're actually going to burn more money on an upgrade program kind of thing, or do you think they would have burned more money by having alerted everyone in advance and then having all this uh, all these B four fifty boards sitting because no one wanted to buy them because there was no path after. Uh, oh you're that. you're
0: buying into the internet conspiracy that I'm not, uh,
3: I'm not actually I'm just curious. Like
0: they misled us to sell us no, b four fifty ports. I
3: really don't think it was on purpose because no company yeah. wants to deal with this kind of crap. Like it's it's just a mess. No it's too sticky to want to bring that on yourself. But now that I have now we have this hindsight, I'm kind of wondering actually which way would have actually been financially worse for them, or like from our armchair perspectives here obviously.
0: Brad? i yeah i think i think it would have been fine
3: i
2: i i think if they had just disclosed it when zen three at least came out or ryzen 3000 the zen three ryzen 3000 you know skew messes up my brain sometimes uh but when the you know the current ryzen chips came out if they had just said look B five fifty is coming. That's gonna have a future. It has PCI4. It's not ready yet. In the meantime, you know, here's B four fifty. You get the exact same performance except for storage. But we can't guarantee that it's gonna upgrade. We're gonna try to make it so it's upgradable next time. We can't guarantee that right now and just been clear about it. I Mm. think I would have been A-OK with that. I think in general, you know, the internet probably would have been pretty okay with that. You would have got people complaining because people complain about everything, but I think AMD, like I said last time, is coming from a, they were coming in with good intentions and trying just to make the best of a complicated situation now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I definitely think it wouldn't have mattered if they'd come out and said B450 won't go forward. Come on. Nobody, most people buying a, a $650 Best Buy build, they don't, they're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to drop in Ryzen for that. It's just not, it's just not something I don't think it would have mattered. But I also don't buy into anybody who thinks they knew when B450 came out, that it was not Ford compatible. Yeah. I can't prove that. I'm not going to say that. That sort of really assumes a lot of the intention misled us kind of things. And, you know, I'm not going to say that. I don't, nobody has any proof unless you have proof, don't say it, but I just don't generally believe they're going to, it would have been better not to say anything. You know, I just, I just don't, I don't believe that. So, but. Yeah. I, don't I do think a
3: really uh, great look at this from a, a much broader perspective has been steve's coverage over on gamers nexus because he talks yep. a lot about the used market and international markets and system integrators and all of that which i think as uh, enthusiasts sometimes um you kind of lose track of the bigger picture because you know you're so passionate about your you're part of it but mm-hmm. it's it's a really good uh perspective yep. check kind of thing
0: no I mean, I mean that's why when you know people say like you know, I love upgrading. I think it's a it's an awesome thing to do, but, you know, very few people ever, ever upgrade a CPU and a motherboard. They just, they just don't over the entire I, thing, you know? I agree with you. I
2: agree with Josh, who I was talking about on Twitter. Uh, I agree with Steve from Gamers Nexus perspective of you got to look at this from the broader picture. I agree with all of that. However, personally, from my morals perspective, I think that they, I'm glad that they're doing this because they were leading customers to believe this B450 would not be a dead end and continue to be supported. So I'm glad to see them doing it. I agree all the technical things. I agree everything that everyone says, I agree. I think they're doing it right by coming back and saying, actually, you know what? Yeah, we're going to support it. So yeah. Yeah, I- that, that, that said, Steve Gamers Nexus, if you guys haven't seen it, anybody else, uh most of us probably have. The, the, he did two or three videos, and he goes into the technical okay. reasons for this, like that we just glossed over here. We said, oh, there's technical reasons the why they're doing this. Yep. If you go follow that series, you'll get that great perspective yep. about the wider market that Elena's talking about, as well as all those technical yep. details and stuff. So if you want to deep dive. I think he did three videos. Definitely go check that
3: out. I think it's like the first one. I think is marketing focus. The second is the technical focus, and then I think the one that went up today or yesterday is more about addressing AMD's like a reversal or partial reversal on the on the topic.
0: I I just want to add that I love it that they listen to customers. Customers always right. I want my McDonald's McNuggets. There was only eight in here. I ordered a ten piece, whatever but I just want people to not take advantage of it. I want people to not like, you know, oh my God, this program's terrible. It's got all these, you know, I have to do all this. And it's just like, but I I know that's not going to happen. I know this program will come out and instead of people saying, Hey, at least you gave me a shot. It's going to be complaining and, and yelling and, and just all the normal things that always happen when, you try to give that customer a 12 piece McNugget box to just get out of my McDonald's. People are still going <laughs> to scream. Man. They're still they going to scream. McDonald's.
3: I'm just, it's going to
0: disappoint me because I know it's going to happen. Even though I think I'm with you, Brad, they did the right thing because they sort of convinced people to do it. But sometimes it makes me think, you know what? Just take your lumps now and, and move on because it is a compromise. Like I mean, it is a huge compromise. They're going to be cutting
2: out support for a bunch yeah. of older ships with these BIOSes. It's totally an optional thing for motherboard makers that are going to have to opt into. Hopefully once, you know, one or two big ones do, the rest of them follow suit. But it's going to be up to your motherboard maker, your specific individual board. It's a compromise. There's a bunch of technical yeah. and marketing and all kinds of reasons for it. So hopefully people, you know, take that to heart. Uh, there are going to be people who complain. But hopefully the, oh, yeah. the majority of the Internet just, you know, discourse could be hey it's
0: a compromise we're compromised as well everyone's doing the best they can yeah i'm i'm for forecasting a class option <laughs> lawsuit because i bought my <laughs> b450 board on ebay and it didn't work and then i fly i got the i you know just like it's yes yeah. it's, it's going to be a mess it's going to be a mess but you know what internet we're entering this mess because of you so I, that's no I think. we're entering this yeah, mess because of amd marketing i guess i don't agree
2: maybe. with you putting it on people see
0: that's we're gonna, uh, i think our fundamental difference
2: we're Brad, <laughs> you
0: see the people that are complaining about like well i ordered I, a 10-piece nugget i want two big macs <laughs> like you know, well why would i give you two big macs when you ordered a 10 piece and you got shorted one I'm you don't deserve to, two big macs i'm
3: not trying to be a peacekeeper here but i honestly think you're both right Seriously. Yeah. Like, I really think it's true that
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> AMD could have said it better, and because of that, the internet got upset, you know? So, it's, just, it's both things all happy at the same time. So, Elena, See, yes. how would
0: you get us out of your McDonald's? You're the manager. <laughs> I saw it. It said, 10-piece nugget. I got nine-piece. <laughs> I, I want something. You need to fix this right now. Um, you I have an issue. They give me extra. Like if I go, hey, I only got seven in
2: this McNugget, then they just give me, hey, here's a whole other 10. They don't give me two nuggets. They give me a whole nother thing. Yes. Yeah,
3: it's either mm. that or you give them a coupon to come back later when they're less angry.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying because what two. happens is people, they don't want their one nugget. They want their 10 nuggets and then they want they want a flail fish too, then they want the flail fish and apple pie. So i it, that's going
2: to always
3: have customers like that, too. It's unfortunate part of working in food service or retail.
2: Well, it is getting up on five o'clock here. And <laughs> all this McNugget talk is making me incredibly hungry. Yeah, we, we, that isn't we, a hint that I want to rush. That's just <laughs> this McNugget McNuggets are my Achilles heel. Ooh, I, I could eat them by
0: <laughs> the truck. I get McDonald's notifications on my phone all the time. But they talk. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, we haven't gosh. seen you in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, we, we should, we, we should get we on to some questions. Uh, yeah, if you have your questions, get them in the folder Discord link in the, the description. We have a channel in there. You can put in the questions at any time of the week and we'll get to them on the show. Uh, that's kind of the best way to get them in. Uh, so the first one comes in, uh, from me. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, it's, it just announced, uh, Mark Hawkman has a story on PC World that, that Intel has purchased the manufacturers of the, uh, killer networking services. Uh, Gordon, what does that mean? What does that mean?
0: So, Killer, uh, the ancient history is it goes back to they made a, a network a network accelerated card with a hardware accelerator. They promised lower latency. This is they had really really bad runs of drivers and application support. People got very angry and upset. Sort of went away. It came back. Now, people still think of killer as really poor because they think of the 10-year-ago or 15-year-ago killer. Today, killer parts are basically based on Intel parts. So it's basically an Intel part. And what they're saying is, you know what? We are paying attention to the software stack, so we're going to get you better software. For the most part, most Dells come with, a lot of Dells come with the killer uh, Killer software with Intel hardware. I'm going to guess Intel is going to buy them because they want to market gaming and they want to market they do want the the access to that that software team from killer uh, i don't know if it's going to work out killer again has been bought and sold by other people they had a bad they had a bad streak but most part lately been pretty good i myself had in the old days had to change the killer nick in a laptop because it wasn't great i put it in an intel card those days are long gone they <laughs> actually use intel hardware so yeah no that was it's hard to come back from that, but they have. I think it's a smart move. This is how they've been pushing
2: the gaming angle so hard to, you know, double down on killer networking as well to go with it. it especially because it's been gaming and Wi-Fi 6 and connectivity they've been, you know, playing up recently. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's cool stuff. They have a lot of sort of gaming and enthusiast-oriented features. You just don't get that in a stock Intel driver. Or utility. So this really it's got a lot of promise. And again, let me say this again. It's not the old killer hardware. This is basically Intel hardware with the killer software, which I haven't heard any complaints about lately. So
1: uh could d- be good. Does that mean that they're not gonna show up on uh, AMD laptops?
0: No. Um in fact I the the the, the ASUS G14, the Rog Zephyrus G14, that has an Intel NIC in it. I have seen many Intel uh, laptops with uh, Intel NICs. Intel—they sell hardware. They charge you for the hardware. They want to sell more. It doesn't mean we're going to keep it for ourselves. They're going to want to sell AMD this stuff because they're selling them something. They don't care. Money's money.
3: Unless it's Thunderbolt three.
0: That is a lot more complicated. No, I know, I know. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay cool uh yeah like i said uh, more information over on pcworld.com i just put the uh the link in the chat uh mark i is, haven't even read it yet yeah Mark mark's following news. that so mm-hmm. thank you mark um we got a question uh, a while ago that i've been holding on to from yak superman on uh twitch he said um which laptop is better the msi gs66 or the razor blade 15 2020 uh with the 2080 ti with the 300 hertz refresh. I guess they both have that. Is that what it is?
0: Yeah, they're actually very close in specs. Um, it's hard to say. I haven't seen the Razer Blade. I'm still in the middle of testing the GS66. I still have some reservations. I don't think it's necessarily about the platform, I think it's about what's inside. I'm not really sure 2080 Ti and i9 8 core part is enough. That's like chewing off a little too much hardware for a 15.6 inch laptop. I think 9750, you know, 10750 with 2070 super max Q is probably the right place to be for that size. I'd have to see both. Uh, but again, 300 hertz panel that that GS66 is pretty sweet. I mean, it really, it's a nice laptop, but you get to that high end config and the thermals might be an issue.
2: I love that 300 hertz panels are now a thing with these, the new 2070 and 2080 Super. There's like so many more 300 hertz panels. And that's great because I know marketing likes to talk about 4K panels. I hate 4K panels in laptops because the things get too squished. It kills your battery life. I really think 1080p, maybe 1440p, although that's super rare, is the ideal place to be in a laptop. So to be able to pair a 2080 Super with a 300 hertz, 1080p, laptop screen i just love that that's a thing now because that's the ideal gaming laptop for I me mean, much different than the 4k panels that they have been pushing down everybody's throats
0: we will probably differ on that he'd probably want the 4k i'm thinking for this well yeah
2: he's yeah. a yeah a content creator so
3: yeah
0: and i will say the high refresh does make a difference as we've proved to ourselves
3: <laughs> um I'm gonna slip in real quick because I don't know if we actually already thanked people, Adam. So if I if we already did it, let me know. But I uh, just want to do shout outs to people who left us a couple of super chats earlier in the show. Oh yes, uh, I, es- I think I forgot. I'm sorry. Yeah, Eska Monster with uh, another twenty Danish Chrome. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. And then uh, LaSalle Rhymes the Third did a drive by uh, with uh, five bucks. Thank you. It says uh, looking forward to hearing today's topics tonight after they get off of work. So. Just want to make sure those people got a uh, got acknowledgement. Nice. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks,
1: y'all. <laughs> Um So next question uh, we just got in chat from Mike Chang. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, with the recent news about TSMC no longer manufacturing for Huawei. Which was their second largest customer after Apple, due to US government blacklisting. Uh, will they uh, will that speed up release date of Ampere cards if NVIDIA moves to buy up all the available wafer capacity that's not available from the previous Huawei orders?
2: Uh, it could if that, you know, realistic if that actually stops happening, like they shut down this line, they're not making any more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is all very big multinational you know, political kind of things going on. Uh, I wouldn't try to forecast it too much from a technology standpoint, but if in fact that does happen, then yes, you would think that it would, you know, if you have open lines, it'd be easier to crank out more parts faster. So makes sense. But again, I'm not trying to forecast geopolitical chip wars.
0: Yeah, and then also I wouldn't assume that NVIDIA would get to go to the front of the line because there's just a yeah. company called Apple that might just And like, AMD. Hey, AMD's bought a lot of it. We'll take everything you got, you know? So
1: Yep. Good point. Uh all right, over on uh Discord back to the uh AMD talk. This one's a a Stick with me here. The way it's written is a little com- complex. Uh, Boria zero said, uh, "What are the chances of AMD supporting the first three iterations of Ryzen CPUs on AM5 on the same motherboard, like happened with 300 series motherboards and Zen, Zen Plus, and Zen 2? Technically, it should be easier because BIOS ROM will be big enough from the start. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but Makes I don't sense. think they'll do that. I don't. I don't think they'll do that. We're talking about AM5. No." I don't think It'll it's be- going to happen after all this, especially. I think
2: they're going to rain back their expectations a whole lot. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do maybe three years of upgrades or something like that, or three generations of upgrades just to be out ahead of Intel still. But I think they're really going to start reining back expectations about forward backwards compatibility.
0: Yeah. And it also really doesn't, it's, you know, they sort of had to play that game before because You know, the AMD brand, Ryzen, hadn't been established. I would think with AM5, they could very much be more like Intel in a lot of ways and, you know, kind of keep everything in one bin. And also, you also have to realize it's really cool to be able to run old hardware with new motherboards and all this sort of backwards compatibility stuff. But it it can also drag you back. Like, what if they had to make compromises for AM5 in order to support uh, a Ryzen 2000 part? Would you be happy with that? I wouldn't be. I would, want, I would want any AM5 to push forward, to go forward and not worry about somebody, some cheapskate, sorry, Elena, buying some old CPU and then jamming it into an AM5 board. It's just not something they should be looking at. They should be looking at competing with Intel on in performance.
3: I thought the PC was open to all. That's all.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. And you know what? There's, we, in memory transitions, we had boards. They would go like, hey, it's DDR and DDR2. How does that work? Oh, like horribly! It works horribly. It works horrible. <laughs> right? You would just like you had like oh, and we have a socket converter. How does it? Well, well, it doesn't work well at all. It's just terrible. It's all a compromise. Those compromises can really drag everything down. Or like, hey, remember when Intel used to give you two SATA six ports and four SATA three? Right? And they were, they would say like oh, we did that because we didn't want board manufacturers to have to relay out the boards. Right. In the end, you basically got this motherboard that had two SATA of 600 and four SAT of uh, 300 because supposedly to save money and to help support, you know, it's like, you know what? You should have just done all SATA of 6 and just said tough, you know? Yep.
3: No, I, I completely agree. I just think it's funny just trying to put those two statements of yours together sometimes. when You're like, on one hand, you're like, PC's open to all of them. It's like, push them it overboard. Is.
0: No, because you can't, you know, you can't. It is... <laughs> You can't also move at the slowest pace, right? I know. You gotta, there's a point where you're, you're going to drop off. It's a bummer. I think, P, frankly, PC is very reasonable. It's not like Apple, like they, they threw 32 bit app support in that latest uh, yeah. OS out. You're screwed. You have office. You, you know, you, it's perfectly it fine. Things. You have an eight year old version of office that works fine. You have to buy a new one now. If you did that on PC. Microsoft should get credit for that. If you did it on PC, people would go up there with pitchforks. If you broke 32-bit ancient installs of PC on PC, people would be like, no. Apple does it all day, and people are like, oh, is I think four years is plenty of warning. That's what the response was from one Apple person, right? It's just like, what? <laughs> Sorry.
1: Also, 64 <laughs> is bigger than 32. Why wouldn't you want the bigger number, Gordon? <laughs> just
0: see, that's the difference. It's... <laughs> It's open, but it doesn't mean you know. Come on, there's and hell you can run stuff from the earliest days of Windows in on current Windows ten. So, all
1: right, a uh, couple more questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, Scorpio eight nine six has a really tough question. They say they have a uh, sixty pounds, I think it is. Uh, nice. I, I just looked it up. It's about seventy five dollars U uh, S dollars budget for headphones, and they re- really just need them for voice recording and listening. Which ones are the best ones? That's a uh, that's a hard hard price range, uh, you know. If you're looking for the best on that end, they say they they don't need it for gaming, um, but you know, obviously, open to gaming headphones if it's an option. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know um, Hayden's recommendation at the low end of gaming headphones is the Cloud Alpha, right? Yep.
3: Yeah. The Cloud yep. HyperX.
1: The HyperX Cloud Alpha. Yeah, I, I just looked on. Uh, you know, some of the, the professional audio headsets. uh, it's yeah it's just hard um, i especially I mean, at that price range
3: is there really anything on the professional side in that price range that it's a headset and not headphones? Because I feel like in that price range you're really looking more at like gaming-focused consumer-type headsets.
1: There are there are some, yeah. The the problem is is not just quality but also comfort too. A lot of them have the the smaller right. drivers, so they sit on your ear rather than over your. Uh, and me personally, I, I don't like that. Um, yeah, and uh, somebody's at least saying that the the mic on the the cloud alphas uh, are not that great. So you're kind of it's 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 hard to get both, especially for that. I mean, I, the places I always kind of look at is you know the the Sony Sony has has some headsets, uh, Sennheisers. I've always been a big fan of, but I yeah
3: want to look into Steel Series as well if we're doing anything gaming related.
1: Yeah. I'm it really thinking... depends.
3: It really depends too, though, because people have really different preferences and what they think is a good mic versus not a good mic after a certain point. I mean, obviously, once you get past like stuff like sibilance. Syllab- okay, I can't pronounce that today. Sibilance? Uh, thank you. Uh, and all that stuff. It's just then like some people think that this is too tinny, some people think this is too, you know. Lowe's focus, so I'd also just might have to read some reviews and see what the reactions are and what the complaints are specifically about the mic, and see what you're willing to sacrifice given the price range. Like you're not going to be able to get like all the best things for that price. What about going
0: for a, a lower end capsule mic, just USB, and then just using whatever headset jack you've got, you know?
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's the audio.
0: The recording is a critical part, I think. Sometimes
1: yeah yeah honestly i i that's i don't know i I wouldn't know <laughs> maybe used,
0: like maybe there's a reasonable use market on uh you know
1: yeah yeah i mean re- really standalone. nice high-end microphones and headphones you know can if they're treated well can can hold their value that's that's for sure um yeah there's some good uh recommendations in the chat i'm, I'm kind of looking up some of these um But, yeah, I just personally don't have any experience uh, that I can talk to. So, sorry about that. Um, And then over on Discord, uh, here's an interesting one from uh, CMoney619. Why is it cheaper for me to order parts from outside the U.S. and have them shipped in versus buying them in the U.S.?
3: You know, I saw that question, but I didn't have enough time to start researching that myself. So shooting completely from the hip, and not having done any research, so like gigantic boulder of salt here, my guess is that something I mean, the tariffs, you know, we're talking about U.S., right? So the tariffs might be playing a factor in it. Also, just how the supply chains are working right now in terms of shipments arriving. So it could be that, like, I was actually watching uh, one of PC Velt, our uh, German sister site, um one of their videos, and they are talking about prices for, I think, power supplies. And I could not get over how cheap it sounded compared to what <laughs> they've been here. And I do think it has something to do partially with, you know, at least the tariffs, if not other just global pandemic-related supply chain type things.
2: And also, I mean, if you're talking about shipping versus retail, like retail space and warehouse space and retail stores is much more expensive than someone buying a container ship full of boxes and boxes and boxes of headsets. So it could just be economies of scale.
0: Yeah. And also different markets too. Although I will say CPU prices, RAM SDs, they tend to be very fixed. I was very sad to see prices in Taiwan of CPUs. For example, they're basically the same as here, but maybe other components, like maybe a case being sold in a, in a, in a different part of the world is just, Not going to be as much as the case here. So and you are supposed to report things you buy, I think, overseas, but nobody ever does. Uh,
1: Also, somebody somebody says gray market, uh, you know, is is kind of a a way to get certain certain items uh, as well. But yeah,
3: but there's no U.S. warranty usually attached to that, too. Exactly. You are you're gambling with that
1: yep uh and last question from from rare, I think it's actually kind of a fun one uh assuming we are going going to have more digital only product announcements this year uh I, I just realized computex would have been at the end of this month, right
2: next week, this week, yeah, it was gonna be something like that, yeah, yeah next week,
1: oh man, and then e three was next month, you know just all these yeah, it's a yep. bummer um it says uh, is it possible to have somebody from the full nerd do a live reaction watch party? Uh, Or is it more important to get your notes article together during a presentation so that you can post it as soon as possible? Good question.
2: It depends if we're pre-briefed or not. And for a lot of these, we actually get pre-briefed. So we know it's coming before you guys do. They, They get all the press together and say, hey, here's what's coming. So we all have time to work on our articles and dissect it and analyze it and put it out, put out the news. And in that case, I mean, we're all just watching the events anyway. Uh, but for a lot of the big digital live events, I'd say it's about fifty-fifty. Uh, a lot of them, you don't get pre-briefed; they just say, "Hey, watch the video." Uh, so it depends.
1: Yeah, we, we've we've done it in the past for a couple we things, have. but usually we're at the event, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, I, I think obviously we're, we're more more open to it now. Uh, there are some yeah. logistical problems, you know, with taking the stream and you know having us uh, put it over. Put our reactions over it as well, but I, I mean, generally, when we can do it, I think it's fun. Um, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. we did it for the RTX launch, if I remember right.
2: I've never yeah. actually been on one of those, yeah.
1: yeah. It's it's fun, we should we should we should Super totally fun. do it. We should totally, we should totally do, do Jennifer, it for Apple
3: Absolutely. launches, yeah. <laughs> Apple bingo,
0: we did i bingo, sure. did that was fun,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun, <laughs> but cool, yeah. We'll look out for that, uh, and also look out, uh, later this week, we have um. Uh, frank azor from amd coming on the uh coming on the show we have a special edition at 10 30 a.m pacific time this friday which is the 22nd yes 22nd i got it right so if you got questions for him put him in the discord um mostly talking about laptop stuff in there but you know he he does obviously work at amd so we can ask him whatever we want but doesn't necessarily mean he's he's gonna, he's gonna talk to it yeah uh deeply. He's
2: their uh, chief gaming officer i believe right
1: uh that's a good question i actually don't so, know his official like title <laughs> it's,
2: I, I'm, I think it's that so
0: yeah if you have any gaming questions
2: yeah and frank I, azor I, for I, people
1: who don't know uh was one of the co-founders of alienware correct gordon
0: yeah he goes all the way back to he is as og as most og people he's a really good interview too like he he'll he'll talk legit with you too i just like asking him stuff like who does amd like more consoles or gaming pcs and frankly, chief will... he's the chief architect of gaming solutions we love them all we we love everybody because <laughs> everybody is paying us money so we love everybody you think i'm gonna trash talk consoles he's not gonna do it you won't do
1: it yeah that, that's your job it's <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: for fun. It's just fun. We're just having fun here. It's
1: We're so just fun. So fun. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Why, why don't you take us out of here? Uh, Brad's got to go get some McDonald's. And also, somebody pointed out that uh, we got our sponsorship uh, money for the week. For <laughs> oh. <up> McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm
2: gonna need me a nice twenty piece. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I only so... got eighteen in this twenty piece. <laughs>
0: twenty piece McNugget. I remember going through a drive-through with a coworker and like. Do you have 20-piece nuggets? like, no, we don't have 20-piece. What? It's like, yeah, no, we don't have 20-piece. Do you have 10-piece? Yeah. Can you just put two of those in the box? <laughs> but it was weird. It was like, what? Yeah. It's on the menu. It's 20-piece nuggets. It's been here forever.
3: Maybe they and ran out of boxes.
0: I don't. I was confused. But, like, yeah. That's okay. funny. Uh, check back next week for your fix of. Uh, no, actually, no, check back Friday. Check back Friday for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, and also please leave a review. Every time you do, somebody gets an extra chicken McNugget in their box of twenty-piece nuggets. <laughs> Send questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Get me out of the sun, <laughs> Elena Yee.
3: Bye, everyone.
0: And Adam Patrick Murray is uh, putting in our McDonald's order.
1: I'm actually going to skip uh, on the McDonald's. I'm going to Burger King anyway. What? See you, everybody. Bye.